Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me in person is Shay Dixon. Shay, we're, we're kind of matching. We got the whole vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, we didn't plan that. Matthew, right. uh, Matthew had to do a road trip here. Internet's a little spotty at the If y'all saw the, the last podcast, then, yeah, you know. But Matthew's commitment good. to a clear, good-looking podcast. Yes. Quality podcast is top tier. Drove so. over this actually, and I will buy one of these mics. Now that we both sound good at the same time, I bet mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot better. It's going to be all right, different, pristine. So yeah, we got everything set up here. Shay has about a five foot monitor. It's like in cheating. Front of us. Yeah, I have so, all the answers to the test today. So we'll uh, we'll be able to run through this game, and uh, I don't want to say relive it because I don't think LSU fans want to relive this game, but we will review it and uh, get into everything here. Um, where do we start? Let's start with this. I want to see, because I've been reading the board's reaction and Twitter's reaction and post-game. Are you, like, hung up that they that Kelly's so hell-bent on deferring after? It's like, yeah, it seems like he's the one coach that well, does it, and now, strangely, LSU wins every toss somehow, so yeah. they always have an option. Auburn. And yeah. he defers. And everyone that he pointed out, he said at Auburn, though, he yes. didn't defer. Yeah. Because he wanted Auburn's offense on the field first because he thought that was more advantageous, mm-hmm. which I would agree with. Yes. But his overall philosophy is I always want the ball. Yeah. He said today, though, it's because he wanted to keep Tennessee from having the ball first and going down and scoring, which they probably it, would it have. It feels like – my problem is it feels like it's like a gut instinct for him every time. It's like, okay, we're playing Auburn, so we want them to have the ball first. Against Tennessee, we want to have the ball first. And it's just kind of like it feels like he's going with the flow. It's not really – early in the season, he said it was like analytics-based. He was like – the team who scores first has a better opportunity to win. I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But there's a reason why, what, like 90, 95% of coaches yeah. just take, um, uh, defer and to the second half. And I think, I mean, it didn't come back to bite them because they lost this game for a lot of reasons. But it would have been nice to have the ball to start the second half against the Tennessee's team, especially when you gave them the ball to start the game, basically. Um, it's like every special teams thing that can go wrong has. Yeah. Basically, I mean, every they think, checked every box, and I think some fans got rubbed the wrong way before the season when Polian kind of said, "Hey, look, y'all are spoiled on special teams," but he was speaking specifically to Cade York and Cole Tracy, and that's true. And I actually don't think there was anything wrong with what he said in the sense of like we know Ramos and these other guys aren't that. Yeah. The issue then becomes, no, we were spoiled on special teams as an LSU fan would say, not just because of the kickers, but because we never noticed special teams. Yes. They would bust big plays. But other than that, it was kick it out of the end zone on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Don't return it. it. There was hard set philosophies. It seems here everything just goes wrong all the time. Well, and even like, and then even today, I would bl- like you're like, oh, they gave up another big return. Well, then Kelly's like, well, that's because Bramplett punted it way too. You yeah. know, he outkicked the coverage and the guy had a return. It's like, man, it's always something though. Like, I know there's still no excuse to to no. give up a return of that of that nature when they've done it in the past games. It's not like this is something new. And even last year with all the Everything that went wrong last year, it didn't feel like special teams was nearly an issue at all. Like it felt like maybe there were a couple plays here and there, but the kicking was good, the punting was good last year. I mean, the coverages were good last year. I for it to take this deep of a drop off isn't just a talent thing. It's not because they do have, I think we've talked about before, they have a lot of their key guys out there. So it's not even that anymore. <clears throat> it's just coaching. Yeah, there's a lot of starters that play on special teams right now. So it's and that that gets into like a bigger point where it's like you have who you have and this was kind of a theme throughout the post game press conferences was everybody yeah. was was coach Kelly just being like it was like he didn't want to say that the roster wasn't good 
But then he said, like, we know what our deficiencies are, and we're not coaching to make for, make up for it. Like, that's kind of how he was trying to frame it, I think. It was like a roundabout way of saying the roster's not where they want it to be, which he has said before, you know, on the offensive line, defense line, right. he has said before, we need to bolster it up, which is, okay, cool. But then it's like he's assessed blame to everybody while also trying to, like, quell LSU fans' like desire to be really, really good this year. Right. And I don't know if that's the way to go about things. I think... Obviously, he wants to take responsibility, but he said, Jack Besh, that's the best kick return we have. What else do y'all want? Like, well, yeah. the, the Gunners. Well, and Jack Besh has three. to catch it or not yes. even catch it at all and let yeah. it go or, you know, whatever it might be. So, uh, yeah, blame to go around. It just they can't get anything right there. Um, all right, we'll dive into a little different parts. We won't spend forever on this game because, obviously, 40 to 13, it wasn't great. I'm looking at the stat sheet now. Two things jump out. On the Tennessee side, we focus so much on LSU. Yeah. If I would have told you Hendon Hooker completed 17 passes yeah. – and through two touchdowns, you would have told me LSU may wins. LSU might have won. Yeah, and he threw for two thirty nine, which isn't like, yeah, an insane amount. No, I'm Jaden Daniels threw for three hundred. So, I, it I fit, looking at the stat sheet and seeing two thirty nine and seventeen completions when it looked like a guy that was like going to be sitting in New York at the highs, and yeah. like, this dude's just tearing them apart. Seventeen for twenty seven, sixty three percent completion, but they took shots. And it worked. They had dudes running wide open. He missed some throws. Yeah. Could have resulted in worse damage. So. I mean, I was wrong on this game, obviously, on a lot of fronts because I picked LSU to win. But Not on the under. Not on the under. We were right on final lines. This one, four in a row. So, hey, check that out. Get with it. But um, I was wrong in this game in a lot of areas. But I thought Hinton Hooker would have to beat them, like, through the air uh, consistently. He only, I mean, 63% completion percentage. Uh, two touchdowns, like you said, 17 and 27. It didn't feel like it was an overwhelming pass game attack. Like the quick screens gave them problems. No. Like some some quick stuff gave them issues. But they ran the ball. Now, for here's five the thing. and a half yards. Nobody like, on the board is talking, or nobody on any sites or anything I've heard right now. Everyone's going to make issue of the LSU stuff that went wrong. Which then this plays into it. No one's saying you let a running back run for 127 yards on 22 carries. Yeah. You let another one run for 59 yards on 12. You let then the quarterback run for 56 on 10. The leading rusher on LSU's team was Daniels, Jaden with 38. The three running backs ran for 10, 4, and 3 on LSU's <laughs> team. Like The disparity between 200-plus rushing yards for the running back group versus 14, 17. 17. Rushing yards, incredible, and that's what—that's unbelievable. You are going to lose every time in the SEC if you're getting outrushed by 200 yards in a game against a passing offense that we were convinced was like, oh, they're just going to try to throw it nonstop. It's like, no, they just ran it all over LSU. And even that's the thing I asked Coach Kelly about after the game is like, did your running backs combine for 17 yards? Like, you know what? What went into that? Did that make it hard on your offense stuff? He's like, well, we fell behind early. We had to throw out of it. I'm like. Yes, that that's right to a degree, but you can still be somewhat balanced here. They just could not run the ball. Well, which, you said from the start, you're like, they're not going to be able to run the ball. Yeah, I, like, which which after about a couple of drives, you looked over and said they, they can't run the they, ball. They need to just throw it on every play. They will not be able to. Run yeah, the ball so I didn't have a problem with the play call. The problem was like, if you can't run the ball at all, you're asking Daniels to play a and, perfect game. I thought Daniels and was, they knew that too. I mean, look, they they ran it twelve to, like with the running back seven, four, eleven, twelve yeah, times. times. They threw it 45 and dropped back however many more because Jaden Daniels has 16 rushing attempts. I still thought the running backs would be a little bit better than this. Like 18 yards on Bad. 12 attempts. 
just is okay, so then crazy. We, then we move into the O-line. Which? Issues. Will Campbell out. Uh, Kelly didn't go into detail, but said that he had an episode during a practice and the EMS had to come, ambulance. He said it was sort of shook the team yeah. up. I'm Josh Williams said it was traumatizing. Yeah, Josh so it's, it sounds like that kind of really got to him on Friday, and obviously the news got out that he was in the hospital when Campbell put it out, but um, said nothing life-threatening, but all the tests came back clean in that regard, and now yeah. they're just kind of focused on getting him back to health. He said hydration was a part of it, or dehydration mm-hmm. uh, was a part of it. But then you lose Dellinger. At some point in the game, I can't even remember when it, it happened. But first half. First half. He comes back in. He goes down with a knee injury. We don't know what it is other than a knee injury. Mm-hmm. But then you're – and Kelly said, look, we got guys that get in there and fight, but the reality remains you're starting a true freshman out right tackle, two backups at left tackle and left guard. Your center was someone you just had to teach to snap in the offseason. Like, they're not that good there. And, and even, I, got to even play Charles a Tim, Even Charles Turner is someone who – uh, fans were already out on going into the air, like, oh, he's too small. And then even Coach Kelly going into SEC play was like, well, we, we have to see. You know, he has a lot to prove. The, the offensive line being pieced together, I'm surprised they've been as good as they've been through five games going into this game. Like, I yeah. thought they've been – they've way exceed, exceeded expectations to this point in the year. So then for them to come back with this performance, I thought Emory Jones struggled in areas, um, obviously. But that's okay. Up. I mean, yeah, he's no, a true freshman. Like, exactly. It's the approach of everyone who's screaming to put Garrett Nussmeyer in, which <clears throat> from talking to Kelly after the game, it was very clear they were going to not be putting Garrett Nussmeyer into no. a game. That's all a different debate or even conversation. Podcast. But it feels like that, but this is like the Walker-Howard route almost. Like, yeah. hey, if Emory Jones is your future, then play him. Like, yeah. I don't have a problem with Emory Jones. It was just so you're going to take lumps. You started to that. see it's their fifth starting offensive line in six games. Like you yeah. can't. It's unsustainable. It's not a recipe for any it's sort of success. Completely unsustainable. So. I'm very surprised they can't run the football at all. At all. Those are and those numbers that I just read you: seven carries for ten yards, four carries for four. John Emory had four carries for four yards. Yeah. Noah Kane one carry for three yards. That's awful. I, and it speaks to the O-line. I guess it speaks to the running backs. That's one thing you got to kind of watch on film, which is like... And I, I don't... And uh, obviously getting on play calling is tough, but I mean, I've been... I've been underwhelmed with the way Denbrock approached this game. I really thought going against Tennessee, who was kind of a boomer bust type defense, they would at least be able to throw the ball for more uh, substantial yardage than they, than they did. I mean... And some of that is on Daniels. We watched multiple times where Daniels had yeah. a guy deep and he didn't throw it. But overall, I can't get on Daniels for having a bad day. It just doesn't feel like the offense is at its maximum capacity with him. And well, I think that's the best way of looking at it. Like, he's fine. He's good. He's 32 for 45 for 300 yards. I don't have a real complaint. It just doesn't feel like, obviously, it's not a top-tier quarterback that you're going to just take the top off defenses with. And you have to kind of adjust your thinking. I think that here I think here would be my issue, or I think that is the bigger point to why they might be struggling right now. I think that Daniels is the right choice for a Mike Denbrock offense. Mm-hmm. I think that the Mike Denbrock offensive philosophy, which we saw work at Cincinnati, like with a quarterback in the NFL yeah. and Desmond Ritter, Definitely. but yeah. with, you know, they didn't, Cincinnati's got very, they recruited very talented group of five level talent, but yeah. the, like, I'm not talking about, like, they were world beaters that had five stars. They put together a nice playbook. They had a good strategy for that level of, 
heavy sets, two tight ends, you know, yeah. run the football a lot. That's not what LSU's personnel is. They've got uber talented receiver room that has not played well at all, minus a couple of guys. No real consistency out of that group. Certainly no real consistency from Kayshawn, who's supposed to be the best player in the room. But I can set that aside and say, like, I would still focus on them. They at least produce something. Your running backs literally gave you nothing. Yeah. So I think right now it's like the old, like, what, square peg in yeah. a round hole type. Yeah. It, it just feels like what LSU has on offense doesn't fit what – that like they're running two tight ends or want to run two tight end sets or a lot of head tight end head. like they don't that was the biggest issue in the offseason that they didn't have any tight ends on the team and like, mason, why are you and mason taylor is still playing like seemingly every snap well yeah and i think i think it's a scheme thing right now i don't think it's play calling as much and i don't think the, the execution is just awful half the time and I, I don't think it's like bad play calls nonstop. i just don't think it's a good fit for the two and I think it probably, we'll see. Denbrock's been around a long time. So has Kelly. They can understand that, hey, whoa, this ain't working right now. Yeah. I'm curious. We're halfway through the season. How do you adjust on the back end? As Kelly, I thought Kelly, one thing he said made it very clear. He's like, why this is on the coaching staff at the midway point of the season. He was like, no kids are walking through that door to like save the team. Yeah. Like, There's not a quarterback or a bunch of alignment or what. He's like, so we have to coach these guys into a better spot. I feel like they failed there. Not failed, but that's where some shortcomings are. And you've got a bit of a crash back to earth moment here, right? Like, you state they played well. I don't want to take anything away from that. Yes. You came back at Auburn from a deep hole that you should not have. That was not good. That Auburn game, I've completely, that's another thing I got wrong going into this game was, I think I just overlooked the Auburn game too much. That Auburn showing was not it's very. Not good. And that was not a good. Team. That was not a good performance there. So. But when you leave and you're like, oh, we're four and one yeah, now, it feels exactly. like okay, there's a bit of exactly. a fool's gold there. And I think LSU fans knew that, but maybe not to the tune of forty to thirteen. I, nobody thought they were going to get ran out the building like that. And to be fair, if we go back to the beginning, it was 10-0 within three minutes of the game, and I'm here like I don't even know what's happening in this game. It's ten to zero right now, and I feel like this hasn't even been a fair fight because. They, the punt, the uh, because of the punt return and the fumble kickoff. So it's like you're down 10-0 to Tennessee. You start to press a little bit. They start throwing the ball too much. Um, maybe Denbrock changes up the the plan a little bit going into the game, and it just doesn't work. Well, and I think so. another thing too, like the whole storyline of this week was there was like two things. One, a consistent thing. People were adamant that Mason Taylor should not be the main target of the yeah. passing game. He's a true freshman. He's a tight end that's coming in trying to be part of that system to fit into the this coaching staff's philosophy of how to kind of do things, and he's like the tight end. Yeah. But then I look at everyone was saying that, and then, no, give it to the receivers, and Jade needs to be more trusting of them. He needs to throw them open, or he just needs to throw it up there, let them make plays. He did, For me, he did a lot better in that. I, like It was 100%. very clear that he was just going to let it. And people will say, oh, no, he missed wide open guys. Like He threw 45 times he threw it, and he had 16 rushing attempts. So, And a number of those, probably half of them, are not designed. Yeah. So out of, yeah, if you're driving back 50-something times, you are going to miss some plays. Hinden Hooker threw 27 passes. I can count five that he missed wide open guys on. So, And he's a great quarterback. So yeah. like, that ain't the argument. And now it's eight targets for Butte, eight targets for Neighbors, five for Thomas, this is six a for Lacey, three for Mason Taylor. So 
now you're off the you got Jaden really throwing it, you got it to the receivers first, you scored 13 points, and you can't run the football. So now it's kind of like, oh, maybe there's more to it than just yeah. that. It's definitely not on Jaden. Just just for me, it's it's not on Jaden. I think the offensive line played a big role in it. Not being able to run the ball at all played a big role. There was just no consistency there. Um, but you're right. This is the splits as far as targets go that we wanted to see. Neighbors, Boutte, eight each. Uh, Thomas, five. Lacey, five. Jenkins, uh, six. Besh only with two. Again, I wish Besh was more involved. I mean, the one catch he had, he gets 14 yards. Yeah, you want of, Besh to be in the Lacey yeah, he, group. Yeah, he gets a catch and he wiggles four for 14 yards out of nothing. I mean, he's clearly one of the, the your best receivers on this team. So I think... You go into the and this this is the hard part is you go into the rest of the season where you have Florida, Ole Miss, Bama as your and Arkansas as your next four games. It's not getting any easier. No. So if anything, this is the defense you needed to score on. This is the defense yeah. that you well, needed. We talked all week about how they were the worst pass defense in the country. Yeah. And now they put up some, but they it's like they could move it from the thirty to the thirty, but couldn't do anything. Well, else. that's the thing. So they're seven to fifteen on third downs, which isn't terrible. You know, forty five or whatever. Tennessee was seven to sixteen. Yeah, bad. but zero for three on th- fourth downs, and one of those obviously cost them three points. At they the should have the taken the points in the first quarter. Um, I don't know why you're I, taking points. I think they should have taken the points when it was ten to zero. You kick that field goal, and then you should have punted right before the half, which obviously wouldn't have allowed Well, and clearly if you're passing up the three for seven there, it shows in the first quarter that you anticipate you were going to be playing catch-up even if you weren't doing it right that second and like to a large degree. And Kelly said after, look, it didn't work out, but I liked my calls. Yeah, they might have been fringe. Yeah, a couple on our own side of the field. Once on (laughs) ten. He said that the fourth and ten was like on the edge of the analytic playbook. I can't give him that one at all. But then, no. But then it's clear. He was clearly admitting by all three times of, and he said it. He was like, I thought we had to be aggressive because we were going to get run, basically. The fourth and ten one on the midfield before half was unacceptable. I I can't imagine any analytics being like, you know, fourth and ten, this offense has – been uh, pretty bad the entire and season. And they just cut it to 20 to 7. Yeah. So it felt like, oh, if we get a little bit more, maybe we can cut it to 20 to 10. But it's like, even maybe. if you get the first, there was like a minute left in the game. I was just. You don't like, have a kicker that can hit a 50 yard. Exactly. So you're going to already need to get it into. Exactly. So that, that one made, didn't make sense. And then the other one, I thought you have to give your defense a chance here, which, speaking of defense, um, they were bad. I didn't. Was, I was. Uh, I was under. It was the worst showing. Yes. Baskerville, 15 tackles. That's a lot. He played, though. I feel like every time I, Perkins I looked did up, not, there, was up there. there was an, and there was no suspension on Perkins. He played in the first half. He got in on special teams. And like it was just clear they had Baskerville out there a lot. Bas- Bras- Baskerville Pin played a Pin lot. Uh, Jones did not play as much. Did Jones even? He was in. Yeah, I know he played. Yeah, he had three tackles. So um, Bernard I, Converse with eleven. Greg Brooks with ten. Who I think oh, is I Brooks is unbelievable. He might, is he the second best player on this defense? <laughs> Maybe. Point? And I don't want to take anything away from Makai Wingo either because he's been a really good transfer yeah. for him and on the D line. But Brooks Greg is, Brooks can just bring a different element to the game. We saw that at Auburn. He yeah. won him the game at the end. Or yeah, he's a monster. Um, I, I I was disappointed that the defensive line didn't get the push that I thought they were going to be able to get um, in the run or the pass. Uh, it was definitely. The most overwhelmed the the defensive line has looked to this point, and uh, you can argue it's the best offensive line they played. I mean, Florida State's offensive line was shaky. Uh, Auburn's offensive line was obviously shaky. So Mississippi State or Tennessee, trying to take your pick, but that was disappointing for me. Was the defensive line didn't dominate the way that I think they should basically every game. And when that's the case, you know you're gonna have these games where you get run on for five yards of carry, which is which is which is nuts. So. 
Um, I don't really don't have anything else on the defense side of the ball. I mean, like you said, it was the worst showing. We knew Tennessee was going to be a good offense. Yeah. It, to get run on the for runs, 260-something yards is not what I expected. When I think about this game and I think about Tennessee moving the ball, I keep, I keep playing the runs in my head, the runs that Tennessee ran for more yards than they did pass. I mean, 49-yard run, 26-yard run, 12-yard run. I mean, you go down, and there's probably more in there as well, but like— they kept popping runs, and I was like, I, I never, I hadn't seen that to this point. Even Florida State didn't. And run I think ball. it's, you know, it's a bad defensive effort. Not only when you give up five hundred, but they, two sixty three on the ground, two forty in the air. Like, yeah, they didn't have to lean on anything no. more than the other. It was a very evenly split game. It's the running all over LSU that was a bit surprising, but yeah, it's on to the next one. Yeah, on to the next Florida. one, and it won't get any. Florida easier. did beat Missouri today by touchdown, yeah. I think. Uh, something like that. Yeah, one or two touchdowns. Twenty something, seventeen. Yeah, twenty-four, seventeen. I think it was. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll get all that plenty of time done. to get to Florida. Uh, but it's not so, okay. So are you like that's that's my concern? Are you is doom you, and gloom here or that's, something? That's the question here. Is can they stop the bleeding with Florida? Because if not, then you have Ole Miss and Bama. And Ole Miss, I I think Ole Miss is close to that Tennessee of caliber team who I think is better than LSU at this point. So if you can't beat Florida, then you you might be staring at a four-game losing streak before Arkansas, who Arkansas is, you know, hit or miss at this point. But still, like that's – you have to stop the bleeding with Florida. And that's well, – for that reason, I don't believe in this offense um, at the moment. I still think the defense is good. And Florida has plenty of flaws, so I think they can win the game. But that's going to tell us a lot about if this team can bring it back together. I'm a worry for me is that they can't run the football on anybody. That means that every game you win will have to be because you played great on defense and that your passing game did enough. Like yeah. And right now the passing game is not at the level of the expectations people set. It's and that's it's like so wild. Like so much goes on to a quarterback and the receivers. Like Jaden and the receivers have taken the brunt of all the like blame. Yeah. The running backs and the O line have not been good at all. Like, to have no running game in the SEC is a big issue. Yeah, and we'll see. I, I don't expect Armani Goodwin to play next week. Um, I anticipate he'll be out again. So we'll see how that um, affects the team. But like you said, it's, it's just funny because on paper, if I told you Jane Daniels passed 32-45 for 300 yards with a touchdown and then the pick coming, you know, in the garbage time seconds – I mean, you'd have felt good about it. I would have definitely. T- I don't know how you throw for three hundred and score thirteen. Points. Like that's 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 the dichotomy here is you throw for three hundred yards, you score thirteen points. It's almost that's very hard to. And do. it's like, I know there were times where they didn't take the points, but it's just it it doesn't really comprehend to me. I, so I'm gonna have to go back and watch the game because it. I know they took uh, Daniels did take a couple sacks. I don't have the sack numbers here, um, but yeah, it's. Going to be uh, an interesting five. five. Oh, LSU had no yeah, sex. Yeah, LSU had no sex. Tennessee had five. So, I mean, that again. They had two tackles for loss. Yeah, two for eight yards. Yeah. I mean, that was a heavily penalized game, too. Yeah, both teams were. Tennessee had 12 for 107. Heavy dose of penalties. Tennessee. God, 12 for 107, and you won 40 to 13. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could just Yikes. look at this box score and just break it down in a billion different ways because. I mean, I will say Tennessee going 6-6 six six in the red zone. I think those six ended up in uh, 30 points. So I think it's three touchdowns, three field goals. I mean, it's efficient. LSU didn't take the ball away. I mean, LSU needed turnovers to beat Auburn, right? 
Um, they then, yeah, you'll need a lot more than turnovers to beat Tennessee then. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't force any. And they didn't force any sacks. They didn't create any havoc. Tennessee was comfortable the whole time. Uh, it was a defense on its heels, and I wasn't really expecting that. I thought LSU's defense would at least be able to impose itself a bit, but I was, I was wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong on that front. So, um, like I said, next hey, week. Hey, Vegas we'll was see. wrong. They said this was a sixty-five point game with a three-point three spread, spread, and Tennessee won by twenty-seven. Yeah, so. LSU's team total was thirty-one going into this game. So, I was gonna take the under on that, but I just it's a said, bit of dyslexia. It should have been thirteen. Game. <laughs> I just took the game under instead. So. Smart. Um, but all right, I think that's all we got. Um, this was fun. Yeah. Been doing it in person. Hope everything came out good. Uh, we talked about special. Yeah. Uh, starting but, fast, that's just been a thing. That's, that's probably my biggest worry. In no game that matter, they've played four teams that are power five, and every one of them, they basically didn't score in the first half and got – like Florida State, I think, I guess it was like 7-3, 10-3, so that kind of yeah. drug out. But like State, Auburn, and Tennessee jumped on them – Thirteen nothing, seventeen nothing, seventeen nothing. Like no problem at all. Which twenty to nothing. Again, uh, this so they, one, they can't start fast. Like not even starting fast. They just can't do anything out of the gates. Yeah, it's it's um and it's hard to assess blame on that because like you're like okay the coach should have him ready to play but then it's like Jack Best just muffed a kickoff so what do you really want the coaches to do about that and that's the whole thing it's like assessing blame is so difficult for this team because it's a first year coach with yeah. injuries transfers quarterback play and you're just like i have no clue who to blame here everybody wants somebody to blame but a blame to go around I, think. I mean i mean will campbell's hurt now i mean garrett dellinger's out there with the club i'm i can't uh, i can't properly assess blame here i just know that 13 points against tennessee is not a good look when you are just entering the teeth of sec play like that that state win is awesome yeah and it's going to continue to be awesome. I said that after that like, game. I was like, I don't think people realize how impressive this was. <laughs> you've, that, you've been right about Mississippi State the entire season. Well, the, it was clear that they've got so many guys back yes. on both sides. And they're settled into year three for all those guys. But, like, how, I think we'll look back at the end of the season and be like, how in the world is <laughs> LSU right. route Mississippi State? State's, like, 9-3 and three or 8-4 and four at that point. And they're, like, playing in a, win a big bowl game. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, LSU like, beat them handily after so, falling behind. And that – I'm glad they won that game because that kind of delayed this for a bit. Well, so did Auburn. It was all a bit Auburn. of... Auburn. That was a bit of fool's goal. Well, and you knew that. It still was like, okay, they're not a great team, but they're stealing wins out here. Yeah. Like, how long can they keep that up? Not against a team the caliber of Tennessee. Yeah. And, and Kelly said that. He said, "We trust me, we're not going to keep winning on good energy and a prayer. Yeah. You know, it's like, nah, dog. Eventually, it's, you're going to get routed in your home stadium at 11 yeah. a.m. At some point, you have to execute and uh, make plays, which they were not able to do. 40-13. to 13. So, um, I think that's all we got. You got anything else here? Yep. Good um, go. Yeah, it was good. I was walking back to my car, and I saw Jerick Bernard Converse right there, and I was like, like, hey, man, how you doing? He said, doing doing all right. He's feeling all right physically. So 11, 11 tackles. 11 tackles. So, uh, JBC, is, JBC is good now. Good to go. But, um, all right, that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed this uh, version of the podcast. I hope I can put everything together well and it comes out um, good. But, yeah, we still got recruiting. Plenty of recruiting on the site. For those who want For those who want to be done on the season already at 4-2 and two and 2-1 two and one in conference, <laughs> recruiting is You know how you get better? Here. Recruiting. Recruiting. That's it. 2024. On 2023 and 2024 on the horizon. So, 
uh, yeah, that's all we got. Uh, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a five-star rating and review. I uh, follow us on Twitter at the Bengal Tiger on three. And yeah, thanks for joining us.